I'm, I'm very excited with my family to be here in, uh, in this uh, conference. Uh, met with a lot of my known people, friends uh, here, so I'm really excited. Uh, I want to basically uh, share uh, about Bangladesh, uh, some of the stories, and also some of our work. God is really using us a lot, you know. Uh, I think two weeks back, I, I preached with Pastor Ron's church, and then like I got some more stories <laughs> as is there. So every week, um, God is giving us a new story. So uh, as here, you can see Bangladesh uh, in South Asia, the map where it is located, a very small country, but with a lot of populations. It's one of the top five Muslim countries in the world, mostly unreached, but God is really using us to plant churches you know, among, uh, in, that, in that place. So, uh, you know, if you know the history, we used to call India, and uh, the British, they ruled us more than 200 years. And in 1947, based on the religion, the country was divided. You know, uh, India was, uh, because of the Hindu populations, uh, it was India. And then West Pakistan, which is now Pakistan at this moment, um, based on Muslim religion. And East Pakistan, uh, which is over there, that was in basically in Bangladesh. Hey, Pastor Mike. So, uh, and then in nine, from 1947 to 1971, we had a liberation war and we become independent. Uh, from East Pakistan to Bangladesh. You know, it's a very, uh, like, 94% Muslim and 5% uh, Hindu and Buddhist is 0.6% and a Christian is 0.3, mostly Catholics and uh, enemies are 0.1%. So you can see the needs, it's really one of the unrich country, um, an unengaged country in gospel in the world. And the Christian, when I, when I, as I already mentioned, it's Roman Catholics, but we don't have like evangelical Christians. You know, it's mostly like a Protestant Christians. Maybe they born in a Protestant family. So it is uh, mostly like that. Here is <laughs> Angela and the kids are over there at the back. Uh, my wife and took his, that is in our Michigan State meeting. I can remember some, who took this picture, but this is one of my favorite picture uh, in last couple of months back. So the people in Bangladesh, they love religion, you know, and they love to talk about religion. Uh, so it, it is, they're very devout Muslim, you know, it is, it has both good and bad in it. Um, and uh, Dhaka, Bangladesh is really one of the densest uh, populated country in the world. I always mention that it's almost the same size of the state of Iowa, but we have more than 192 million people. And Dhaka is one of the very densest uh, places in the world. Uh, Pastor Mike has been there. So uh, it, is a, I mean, it is an amazing opportunity to share Gospel. Bangladesh knows another reason is for rivers and floods. A lot of people, they told me like, oh, I know Bangladesh because of flood. You know, in the rainy season, it is like that, you know, uh, the floods. And that also gives us opportunity to share gospel to the people. You know, we go to, the, we go to those people and uh, this is our staff and uh, we share the love of Christ to these people. These are, these are Dhaka. You can see like it's heavily, you know, uh, people everywhere. And that gives us opportunity to share the gospel with the people. Uh, we have two Bible schools in Bangladesh that uh, started by my father 37 years back, you know, in two campuses. It's a nine-month residential school. We teach the pastors uh, over there. And we have two and we have portable Bible schools. A lot of people they cannot commit themselves for nine months, so we take the Bible schools to them. It's a sixty days course, two hundred lessons. 
So we have a book, is the whole Bible is there. You know, it's a whole Bible school curriculum in 200 lessons. So in two months, we, we, we go to them and we teach them. And each portable Bible schools, uh, we have 40 students. So last year, we did 32 portable Bible schools. So we can calculate that 32 portable Bible schools multiple, multiply by 40 students. So um, that many students have been graduated. This year, we have in both campuses, we have 37 students, you know, and they're, they're learning about Bible and Jesus. And most of the students, they come from our field, our church fields, from our churches, they come. And we are very much involved in Bible translation ministries. Um, I am is in, also involved with us in that, in printing, you know, Kirby Church, you know, um, they also helped us to print Bible for those people that don't have Bible into their heart languages. Uh, that was one of my passion also, you know, to help people to have Bible into their heart language. So this year, we dedicated two New Testament. One is an audio one, audio Bible. You will see picture of, you know, uh, a little bit later. And then uh, one written Bible. Uh, for um, And now at present that we are working on six different language groups, six projects uh, for Bible translations. We are definitely involved in church planting. We train the pastors a lot so that they can serve in the field very well. And one of the techniques we use is the storytelling. You know, our pastors and church planters, we equip them and we train them so that they know the story from the Bible and they tell those stories to these Muslims because they love stories. Our culture is an oral culture, you know. So it works very well. And most of our churches we plant through the stories, you know. And um, uh, it's, it's really amazing that they, can, you know, they, they remember the stories um, uh, from the Bible. In last three years, we planted 67 churches. In just last month, we started four new churches. You know, in the Muslim country, in the Muslim world, we are involved in two very sensitive ministries. One is Bible translation and another one is church planting. So um, we have a little, as I already mentioned to you, that um, those floods and also that gives us some opportunities to work in the humanitarian uh, field. And God also gave us some uh, passion to be involved in the Christian literature because those pastors, you know, they, uh, we don't have any Christian, good Christian literature, you know, in, um, uh, in the language. So we are trying to do this this year. We, Plan, uh, publish two new books. Uh, we are starting another one. And that's uh, my mother-in-law, Angela's mom. And that's my eldest daughter, Lauren, who is over there. So uh, uh, that's a very fascinating story from uh, her life that my mother-in-law and my fa uh, father-in-law, their family, they used to live in Detroit. And in 2017, they sold their home and they moved back to Bangladesh because uh, she wanted to start a church in her village and uh, as she was doing it you know the, the muslim extremists they attacked her and they was about to kill her but uh, it, um, i mean god saved her but her leg the bone in her leg been chopped in hundreds of pieces and i was just talking with her yesterday you know and because of that incident it was it happened in 2018 so she's losing her eyesight. She just had one eye surgery. And Angela told me that she needed another one. So, and the doctor told her that though you recovered, but you will have a lot of side effect. But she finished that church building in that place. But, you know, it was a very early morning in October 2018. There 12 or 13 uh, Muslim extremists, they attacked her with Sharp X and Paul Digger. And uh, they wanted to kill her. And it came to the news, but nothing really happened. So this is our Bible school. This is the gentleman that takes care of our work in Bangladesh. My dad discipled him more than 35 years. Pastor Mike knows him. <laughs> so this is one of our campus. We have two campuses, but this is one. But we, are not, we don't own this place. We rent it. The, the landlord is a Muslim. So they give us a lot of uh, hard time because most of our students are Muslim background students and they don't like it. So we are renting a new property from October. 
So um, one of our campus, this campus, uh, till October we are here and we need a lot more bigger spaces because we have a lot more students. So uh, that is a lot more bigger unit that we are, we are, we are renting from October. So um, this is some of our church planter and pastors that we started the training in 2020. You know, basically 2029, we, we were giving them some training. And in 2020, because of the COVID, you know, we could not meet in person. So we used the Zoom to train them. But in October, for the first time, we met in face-to-face -face and we started to train them. But God is increasing. That is in uh, last, uh, well, in April, we are doing this training uh, for our pastors and our planters. Um, that's our Bible school graduation in 2021, one, one of our campus, uh, the Bible school students, they graduated. This is the story I was telling about our Bible translation project. This is the people group that uh, bo both I am and uh, uh, Pastor Mike's church, the Kirby church, um, they helped us to print Bible for this people group. This people group has a fascinating story, you know, for a couple of reasons is uh, that people group, mo mostly they are Buddhist, you know, very few Christians in that people group. But 32 years back, a cult religion started from that people group, you know, and that religion is called the Krama religion. It's a combination of Hinduism, Buddhism and Christianity, and they have their own uh, worship place and that religion in last 32 years it becomes so popular that a lot of other people group even the Christians were converting uh, from Christianity to that religion and it was spreading very fast from Bangladesh to India to Myanmar till Thailand so uh, the people group they they were like praying to have Bible in their heart language and uh, they started, the first Bible translation project started 47 years back. But after a couple of months, that project stopped. You know, that those translators, they are no more. They passed away. But in 2020, a bunch of people from that people group, they communicated with us. And we started to train them, you know, over the Zoom. And then in 2021, we first started the training, you know, and they started the project. And their plan was to finish the New Testament in 16 months, but they finished the entire New Testament Bible in 14 months actually. They are the translators and we had a lot of oppositions from the government, a lot of oppositions, but God helped us to finish the Bible. This is their Bible that our ministry, we trained them and, uh, and uh, both the IM and Pastor Mike's church helped us to print the Bible for those people. And we had two dedications, you know, for that people group. That is in their village, and that is a very, very rural area. So the people, they came into this uh, dedication. They even walked for four days, five days, uh, you know, uh, to come. It's such a rural area. It took us even from the city in the mountain to walk for four hours for us. But the people, they came here uh, for the first event. Uh, they even walked for four to five days and 10,000 people was there, but it's a very restri restricted area by the Bangladesh government. You know, um, there are, I mean, not everyone can has access to go over there. Uh, so, um, but uh, I was the speaker for the dedication event, uh, but then we had to do another small dedications because some of the people expressed that they were working they are helping us in different ways that uh, they just wanted to be a part. So we did a smaller one, you know, uh, in the city where Dr. Ken Eagleton and, uh, and Donnie Gasperson, they were over there in this event, you know, and they're reading the Bible for the first time ever in their life. You know, it is amazing. You know, they were like so excited. You know, you can see that like they never, you know, read Bible in their heart language. But they were just uh, they were just reading it. Even the little children, you know, I love this picture. How happy they are, you know, to grab Bible, you know, in their heart language and to read it. Um, so that is really amazing.
to be involved in, in that. So <laughs> I love it to see their smile. You know, uh, Wycliffe Associates, they send a team to do the documentary about this people group. So we had a very fun time, you know. Dr. Eagleton is there also in that, in, in here. So he was our uh, project coordinator for that project that he was giving his testimony, how hard it was, how, you know, it was an amazing opposition uh, by the government, uh, a lot of ways, uh, but we did that. But now those people, they are the translators, that they finished the translation, but now they're praying and dedicating the translators for those people group that don't have Bible. And we started the project uh, with them in this year. So they are anointing them, they're praying for them. Dr. Eagleton basically took this picture and he sent it to me. And there is another people group. We started this project in 2019 and it is an audio Bible. So we dedicated this in February this year so uh, this is the device, the whole Bible in audio format in here. It's a solar power. So uh, uh, we dedicated this Bible in, in this year. And I love this picture because this is another people group that uh, we started this project in May, end of May with them. And the reason I love this because this gentleman, you know, in 10 years back, he felt a call to uh, translate the Bible into his heart language. You know, without any training, without anything, you know, he was doing is translating the New Testament, he himself. And in eight years, he finished the entire New Testament by himself. You know, and what happened is, he didn't do like nothing. Only was doing is translating the Bible day and night, day and night and day and night. After eight years of the translation, he gave those translated copy, you know, the written copy to a printing organization. And he came back to his village and he didn't hear anything from them. So after three or four months when he was communicating with that organization and the organization told them that they lost those papers. And it was so hard for him, you know, he, he felt like, you know, his eight years of work was lost and he will never, uh, you know, his people group will never get Bible in his heart language. But then in 2021, I got connected with him, you know, and I, and I was encouraging him. And in 2022, I told him to gather a group of people, translators from his people group so that we can start training them. And we started the training, we gave them several training. And at the end, in May 20, uh, this year, they started the, the, the project. So hopefully in maybe in one year or their goal is like to finish the Bible, the entire New Testament in one year. And it is amazing. I really love the story that those, that the, the area he's from, the people are so poor, you know. They decided that whenever we will have event for this people group, those poor churches will support their translators you know, uh, you know, uh, so that, that their transportation costs they will provide so that they can come into that Bible translation workshop and they can continue to do the work and finish the Bible in their heart language. So uh, please pray for them, the language group named Kormoker. You know, we started in May. We'll see some of the pictures for their, for their translation work. So that was in January this year. We are giving them some training and he was giving, getting the certificates, you know, for, for that. This is some of our church work in a very persecuted area that we are planning, uh, planting churches in some of, those, uh, some of those areas. And I love the story of this sister. She is a very new believer, you know, and uh, uh, she basically from a Hindu family. And uh, she had an amazing testimony that when I heard her testimony, you know, it, it I mean, I was surprised, you know, in 20. 19, you know, we love to eat fish and we have a lot of, you know, Bangladeshi people, we love to eat fish. And one fish bone stuck on her throat and it was about to kill her, you know, and it, she got infected badly. There was no treatment. You know, she was thinking like to go to India and to do some treatment, but the COVID started, the border closed, she could not do nothing. And that is the only church 
<laughs> in that area. So, and that church, that our church has a heart for praying people. So some of her friends told her to go to that church so that they can pray for her. So she went there, they prayed for her, you know, and amazingly God healed her from there. You know, even the doctor was surprised that she didn't need no surgery. No one doesn't know what happened to those fish bone, you know. And while she was giving the testimony, she was crying. And then she said that like she thought that like she could even never talk in her life. But now she can sing. She's a believer now. And she gave the testimony to other ladies and God really helped her. And we also work with a people group called the Rohingya people group. These are the people group. If you see uh, the Bangladesh map, we have three sides, India, and one side is Myanmar. And this people group from that part of Myanmar. Myanmar is a Buddhist country, but they have only one Muslim people group in the country. And this is this people group. And this Rohingya people group is very unique because they are the most persecuted people group in the world. You know, and they are the only people group in the world without any identity. So though they are from Myanmar, but the Myanmar government don't recognize them as their citizens. So they are the people group without any identity. So in 2017, because of the genocide, there was a huge genocide. The Myanmar army was killing them. So they escape to Bangladesh like this, you know, and you can see that this Myanmar army, they are burning their houses. So they came like that, you know, uh, and they are, they are in Bangladesh as a refugee, you know, and uh, we have uh, 47 refugee camps of these people. Some camps are small and some are huge, but one refugee camp with these people is the largest refugee camp in the entire world, 1.8 million people in one camp and that's that camp look likes you know they live like this you know and they're very devout muslim people group and this people group is very strategic because of their experience you know a previous experience because of their religious background because of without less identity you know they are one of the more you know in the isis they are the most people that they are working because it's very easy to recruit them for the religion so the, this place is very strict, you know, uh, by the Bangladesh government. So we have four churches over there. And in last couple of years, a lot of our new believers from that people group been killed, you know, uh, in there. So uh, this, this is the camp. So they live over there like this, this Rohingya people group. Uh, this is one of our Rohingya pastor and his wife. And uh, the, I took this picture and the same day, it, uh, he was taking us to visit his church, you know, and we went to that church, you know, and while we were present there, the Rohingya Muslim people was persecuting him. So we were, we witnessed and we were over there. So this is the Rohingya, one of the Rohingya church inside the camp um, that we visit. And he's one of our pastor also. And I love this story because he was an imam before. You know, and uh, God really used him. He got a Bible. Someone gave him a Bible while he was, he was an imam. And he started to read that Bible. And while he was reading the Bible, there was one verse really changed his life. And the Bible verse was in Matthew. That come ye weary people, I will give you rest. And the Muslim people in his mosque wanted to burn him and the Bible alive. But uh, he said that, like, even you kill me, you know, I, you know, I know that where I will be. So he is now one of our pastor, but they didn't burn him alive. But the way they beat him, it's unbelievable. So it is, you know, he, he planted a lot of churches in his area. So uh, please pray for him. And he is also training our, our other Muslim brothers, you know, so that they can also plant churches. You know, this is some of our new churches that we baptize them, you know, in, uh, this, uh, this was uh, like our baptism uh, events. And actually we take baptism very seriously. So we make sure, you know, and when we plant churches, we try to make sure that they understand gospel, they understand everything um, because uh, we have to, uh, before even baptism, we need to make sure that they are the real, they, they really want to decide to follow Christ. So that is basically, 
uh, we were doing our charge planters training. We do it four times a year at least. So we bring all of our pastors and planters and we train them for five days. And it's a very intensive training. And this is also one of our uh, new church that we started uh, the end of last year and they got there. We give them the Bible. That is our Bible school graduation last year. So those are our graduates. So very young uh, batch God is giving us. So the youngest is 16 and the oldest is 23. So they have a lot more years to serve, you know, in the field. Uh, this is this year. This is two of the, our students for this, uh, this year um, that they are, they are coming to our Bible school. This is like two months back while I was in Bangladesh. We started two new churches and we are baptizing people um, in, in Bangladesh. Uh, this is one of our Bible translation workshop. The translators, they are translating Bible, you know, in their heart language. So I was visiting the, in the Bible translation projects. And this is some of our uh, new believers that we are baptizing them. And one of the things we need to do is, we need to keep their data of all the believers, you know, and uh, they have to sign even before we, we baptize that, you know, that they are, you know, it's not that we are giving them a lot of money, we are not pressuring them, but it is Jesus that uh, tasks their life and that's why they choose to follow Jesus and we are baptizing. Because in case if government, you know, come to us so that we have the documentation, it is their decision that they decided to follow Jesus, you know. So they have to fill this form and they have to give us their identity, ID, ID card so that we can keep it into our records. And that is another reason we do that, so that like sometimes maybe one or two people come uh, from their family. So we have a proper database from all of our churches, for all of our believers, that it, it helps our pastors and planters, so that if five people in a family, two person come to Christ, so the church planters knows that three people still, you know, uh, we need to reach them with the gospel so that uh, they can come to, uh, uh, come to the Christ. So this is some of our church planters training. Uh, they come. Uh, this is one of our churches, church, that uh, the Muslim and the Hindu, they burn it alive. So, uh, I mean, not burn alive, like the church, they, 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 they burn the building. So um, uh, that's how they meet now in, uh, you know, in, the, in the open place. So... Um, this is also one of our, it was in two years back, you know, uh, the gentleman with the beard is one of the ISIS leader, very big ISIS leader in that region that I baptized him, you know, and it became a huge thing in the community. There are more than 600 people that came to kill me and that brother over there after this, after this event, you know, uh, but God really uh, protected us. This is an amazing story of a Bible translation. This picture was taken in 2019. So we started an audio Bible project, a people group called Chuck. It's a Buddhist people group. You know, so the, the Chuck people, I was praying for this people group, you know, uh, because when I was serving with Wycliffe, you know, we have to pray for the Bible-less people. You know, there are, the, uh, there are top 20 Bible-less people group in the world, and this people group is one of them. I was praying for years after years for this people group. And in 20, because they have, this people group, they're in Bangladesh and also in Myanmar. So the, prop, the reason is that there, is, there are no Bible in this people group, no church, no believers, nothing. There are only two believers in the entire people group. So when we do the Bible translation, audio Bible translation, we started the project, a bunch of those translators, they came to translate the Bible are Buddhist. They are not even Christians. So it was a two weeks workshop, you know, and we started with the book of Luke. So they are translating the Bible, you know, and with the audio format. After one week, four of the translators, they came to us and they told that, that as we are reading the Bible, we understand the gospel. Could you please baptize us? So after one week workshop, in the middle of the workshop, we took them into this ocean 
and we baptized four people, you know, in the workshop that they came to translate the Bible. And while they are doing the translation, they become a believer. So, and then after the two-week workshop, they completed a couple of books. And he's, he was a Buddhist leader and also a uh, school headmaster. And we started a church into his house, you know, in over there. So, that's how basically we are involved in Bible translation because not only we are helping a Bibleless people group to have Bible, but we are help, you know, we, it helped to plant churches. You know, his son is a believer trying several years with this, with that gentleman to share the gospel, but it never worked. But while he was doing the translation, because the word of God has a power, you know, and it changed his life, you know, and four people, you know, they said that like now we understand the gospel and please help us, you know, to baptize and we, and we, and we translate them. And the interesting thing is the day we started this church, the Buddhist people in that village were so upset. They wanted to kidnap us, me and of our staff. So before evening, we had to leave that place because they're upset because that gentleman became a believer, you know. So God is also using us, you know, helping us to see the big picture, you know, uh, from this Bible translation. This is one of our church in that refugee camp. Uh, so uh, people, they are meeting secretly, you know, and over there. So please pray for this Rohingya people also. As I already told you that our churches are very persecuted. You know, it's not easy to become a believer in a Muslim country like that. You know, so these people here, these are our churches, they are, they are very persecuted. So in 2020, which is last year, those churches, you know, as I was saying, our, our pastors was training them, you know, and encouraging them to love who persecute us, right? You know, the teaching of Jesus. So what they decided was in Christmas time, those churches, they wanted to cook a meal in the Christmas time for those people who persecuted them. So invited those people, you know, that, that they persecuted them and shared the meal with those people. So uh, there is an amazing experience to share the love of Christ with those people who hate us and who persecute us. This is one of the church that we start, three church here that we started. We baptized 158 people. That was in May. That was in May. No, it was in early June. That was in early June. I was there. And me and Pradeep, we baptized 158 people uh, in three uh, new churches. So this is, the, this is that, that we are baptizing uh, those people, you know, over there. This is some of the, this is some of the new, uh, just in last two or three weeks, you know, our planters and our uh, uh, pastors, they are continuously sharing the uh, word of God and gospel to those people. He's one of our church planters supervisor. His job is like to visit all of our churches every month. You know, uh, one of our uh, Free Will Baptist Church uh, in from North Carolina it provided us to purchase a motorbike for him uh, so, so that he can visit all of our uh, churches you know, and spend time with our pastors because the pastors need, you know, uh, help. Pastors need encouragement. So we have two supervisors. One is a church planter supervisor, that is this gentleman, and a Sunday school supervisor. And his role is to start the Sunday school curriculum and program uh, for our people. So, you know, they are continuously visiting of our churches, praying for those people, you know, new believers, uh, so that they stand firm, you know, uh, for the Lord. Um, we are praying that those churches, we started those churches in their home, but they don't fit anymore. You know, so uh, we need to uh, build some church buildings, you know, for those people. You know, some of those people, they even try to give some land. You know, we, are, we, we need to raise some funds so that we can build some simple place so that they can worship. And that place, what they want is not only to worship in Sunday, but also they want their children to learn Sunday schools, general education Sunday schools, so that they can invite other community uh, kids in there so that they can also learn 
about Jesus. And that's, that could be a, a, you know, a place they can share uh, gospel uh, to others. So, you know, a church, but also is beyond the worship place that they wanted to do it. So in different places, different churches, uh, God, is, God is using them uh, uh, you know, you know, for a bigger purpose. Uh, this is a basically a Muslim background church, you know, uh, uh, Muslim background church is over there. And I love the, this church story. <laughs> I love that I, I shared that story in some places because the man with the beard, he also was an ISIS leader. And uh, in that area, they, um, they mostly do the fish farm, you know, and uh, when our planter was going, uh, you know, in that village and try to tell the story about Jesus, that gentleman was persecuting him every time he goes over there, you know, and was telling bad thing about Jesus. But uh, uh, after four or five months, you know, but that planter was keep going back to that village. So one day, he, our planter went to that village but this gentleman was very sad, so the planter asked him that if he is okay because he was not persecuting him, uh, not saying any bad thing to Jesus, but that gentleman told him that his fishes are dying, you know. So the planter told him that, can I see your fish farm? So uh, he took the planter to his, uh, you know, that pond, and because that is his bread and butter, if the fishes are, you know, they died, because he's, uh, he has, uh, uh, from the bank, they took loan, you know, and after they sell their fish, they give money back to the bank. But if the fish die, you know, they are done. So the planter prayed for those uh, fishes and then he left. But after one week when he come back, this gentleman was eagerly looking for him. So he told him that like, wow, your God is amazing. You know, he prayed for our fish, but our fishes are not dying. So he took him to his house and build a little place here and told him that you can start, you know, he wanted to tell us the story and uh, about your God. And then they started a small storytelling group, which formed a church. Now I baptized them in 2020. His, his, he, his wife, his kids, his brother, his brother's wife, there are 13 of them from his family become a believer and started a new church in his, uh, in his village. So there are different churches you know, uh, our believers in different places, um, they are worshiping in Jesus like that. And God is using uh, those people over there. That's the church, you know, the Muslim background church uh, is over there that uh, they are learning is Jesus. They are so, this gentleman, his name is Saddam because they are, they love Saddam Hussein. <laughs> So they named him Saddam, but he is a believer now. We are training him uh, so that he can be a pastor, you know, uh, in the future. So God is doing uh, amazing work. So as I already told you, we started uh, uh, six new uh, Bible translation projects. So uh, every month they meet, uh, we have a person. Uh, his, his job is uh, to follow up and visit our, uh, our Bible translation projects. So he goes to those uh, places and they in gathered them and every month maybe for two or three days they you know uh, they, 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 they do the Bible translation by themselves so the way we do that because there are a little bit more than 6,000 Bible verses in New Testament so if there are 12 10 to 12 Bible translator if they translate eight verse a day in one year they can finish the entire New Testament so um, we trained them, we gave them the computers and the equipments so that they, they do the translations and um, by themselves, they're all volunteers, they do that. But uh, then every month we do a follow-up event so that they can come and in two days what they do is they do the translation. So uh, this project we started in March, so they keep three new projects from the Hill Tracks area. And in May, end of May, we started three more new projects so that they are doing the translation. So please pray for those six uh, projects. The amazing thing is that 
because as we are so much involved with those community, uh, not only we gave them, help them to get the Bible, but also because of our relationship with the community, what they do is they send their people to our Bible school. We train them for nine months. We do the two months portable Bible school with them. And, uh, you know, that's how we plant churches in their area and we could disciple the whole people group. Um, that is our goal, not only to help them with the Bible, but also to disciple them and, and train them to plant churches and reproduce them. And another thing is that the cool thing is like as they are doing the Bible translation, after they finish the project, we train them as a facilitator, some of their people, so that they can help you know, facilitate the other Bible translation projects. So a people group, when they get the Bible, so that they can help other people group to have Bible in their heart language. So it's like a movement, it's like a multiplication. The similar way we do our church planting thing. That is our storytelling workshop that we did in the end of May and the beginning of June. The training is only focused for the Muslim group, the training called Bridges for Neighbors. It has a curriculum. You know, we did a one-week workshop. Uh, these are all of our church leaders, you know, our uh, deacons and our church leaders. So we had like 58 or 62 uh, leaders, they came from our churches and we trained them for a week. Uh, we translated the book and it is focused for the Muslim world. You know, that's, it's a very sensitive <laughs> materials, you know, the curriculum. Uh, and in one week workshop, those people, they ended up memorized 57 stories from the Bible. You know, so uh, now what they will do is with these 57 stories from Old Testament and New Testament, you know, see that they are sitting here, you know, they will gather and they will start, they will tell the story and they will ask the question from the, from the story. And the reason the story, it is very important so that they memorize properly so that they don't add anything which is <laughs> uh, not in the Bible and they don't, you know, delete which is in the Bible. So they exactly memorize the story what is over there. And they memorized 57 story after this workshop. So it is amazing. You know, we will start translation, the Bridges for Neighbors 2 uh, workbook so that, uh, you know, we could continuously do this. It's a very intensive training that we just started. You know, we translated the materials in three years back, but we uh, did this training in just uh, last month. Actually, in, yeah, we started the end of May and we finished the beginning of June. Um, so please uh, pray for them. So this is the curriculum book look like. Uh, and that is the, the leaders, uh, the participate in this Bridges for Neighbors 1 training. Um, so, and it is, as I already mentioned, this is, this is focus only for the uh, Muslim, uh, Muslim people group and for the oral people. And that is for our new project that we started in the end of May. And I told you the story for the Karmokar who himself, the gentleman who was translating the Bible in his heart language. So this, um, these are the workshop for them. These are the facilitators that, uh, you know, this gentleman, if you could remember him, that, uh, that we helped them translating the Bible for his people group. But now he and his people group, they're facilitating others so that the other can have Bible in their heart language. So please pray for our uh, six projects. This is one of our church. I don't know if you could hear the story. They are, they are worshiping and singing the songs. <laughs> and these are portable Bible schools that we, I told you that 32 or 37. Uh, last year we did the portable Bible schools. So these are the all graduates. So uh, these are the portable Bible school as well. And this is also that our churches we distributed uh, uh, last year, I think 3,000 blankets. Uh, and uh, those churches that distribute those Bibles uh, to, uh, sorry, the blankets to those people, you know, who were persecuting 
uh, our churches so that we can share, you know, in the winter time, you know, the love of Jesus to those people who hate us, who persecute us, so that we can love them, you know. This is the map of Bangladesh, as I already told you. We have three sides India and one side Myanmar, and we have churches, you know, in those areas. So, um, please pray for us. Uh, these are some of our prayer, uh, prayer, um, prayer points. Please pray for our new believers. Um, pray for our per persecuted churches because we, our churches are very much, uh, they experience persecutions. Um, for our financial needs that, you know, we, we work both with uh, NAM uh, and also with IAM. Because for Bangladesh side with IM and uh, in our Detroit, we are also reaching the Muslims. Plus also, we started another church in Windsor, Ontario. So uh, uh, please pray for our needs. And uh, we, our, all of our um, uh, pastors, they are by vocationals, but we support them $100 a month. And that is for their ministry support. You know, that because for the transportation and everything. Uh, so please pray for that as well. For our protection um, that uh, we go to Bangladesh. I go to Bangladesh uh, very often, several times a year. Uh, next month I will, uh, I will be there again. Uh, um, so please pray for that for our Bible-less people group. Uh, please pray. At the beginning, Angela is here. I remember that I used to tell Angela... At the beginning, she was very nervous at the beginning when I was to go, and I, I and I used to tell her that, you know, I'm not sure if I will be back, you know, because my own family members they are Muslim. If they know that I am there, they will kill me, you know. And at the beginning, Angela used to cry <laughs> because I used to tell her that, oh, I might not be back, you know. But then I told her that if anything happened to me, you know, that where I will be, um, that is because of Jesus and for those people. So please pray for, pray for us. And uh, uh, the Free Will Baptist Foundation, they gave us uh, some money so that we can purchase a land. We, our goal is to build a center uh, because, so that we can train our uh, persecuted believers and leaders and our planters, our pastors, because we do a lot of training and we have to rent the place. It's very expensive for us. You know, and I was calculating the, you know, the money even we are paying the rent for the centers. You know, but if we invest one time, you know, we could do more training, you know, more things. And because we work for the Muslims, sometimes it's a safety reason, excuse me, for, for us too. So uh, please pray for us so that we can find a, a land, you know, that we can build a center for that. Uh, Pastor Mike was there when I took this video. Pastor Mike, I don't know if you remember that. Remember? Remember? <laughs> Jano, Jekeho, Tahate, Bishash Kore, She, Binosto, Na, Hoy, Kintu, Ononto, Jibon, Pai. Amen. 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 They're saying John 3.16 for the first time. <laughs> uh, I, I, I shared this story about this gentleman, and I love, I love it. You know, his Hudson Taylor was the missionary in China for the first time. You know, uh, when I was, started to go to Bangladesh, people was asking me, you know, you live in the U.S., you know, why you, you take risk? Five minutes? Five minutes, yeah. Why you come to Bangladesh all the time, you know? Uh, because why you take your life risk, you know? And I, and I told him that uh, this, the story of this gentleman who first went to uh, China uh, with the uh, China Inland Mission and he was trying to share the gospel, you know, but he didn't find any results for several years. And he was so discouraged, he was about to come back, 
from China. And one evening he was in his home. There were a couple of young people that he was sharing the story from the Bible. And then one young gentleman uh, became a believer and he could not believe that, wow, one person at least I got one fruit after several years of my work. You know, and then he was starting to disciple that young man. And after a couple of weeks, that young man asked Harson Taylor a question. That when in your home country, you guys first heard of Jesus. He said that like, oh, two to three hundred years back, my forefathers, you know, was believer. They heard of Jesus. I born and I raised up in a Christian family. Then that young man told him that for two to three hundred years back, you heard of Jesus. Why you didn't came earlier? My father, his entire life, he was looking for the truth and he just passed away without knowing the truth. If he knew about Jesus, he definitely became a believer. And then as I was thinking, you know, that my neighborhoods, my people, I live in a comfortable life here. If they ask me, you know Jesus from a Muslim background, why? you didn't tell us about Jesus. That is the only reason, you know, I go back there. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Romans 10, 14, and 15. Um, yeah, I will be here. Our family will be here. Uh, you know, we, we love to visit your church. And uh, yeah, so please pray for us, for our safety you know, as we are working. You know, it's not like we are, as when we are working here in the state sides, the people, when they become a believer, they also face a lot of challenges. So please Pray for us and definitely we will love to visit your churches.